Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Hey, Pearls. We're going to have a reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. And it reads like this from the New International Version. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Thus ends the reading. He's not there, Jamie. Girl, where he gone? I don't know, but he ain't there. (laughs) (laughs) Those dead bodies usually don't get up and just start walking away. Girl, it's the greatest unsolved mystery of all humankind. And guess what? Then they saw him. You know where he at now, Jamie? Uh, I believe in heaven sitting at the right hand of, uh, I'm not going to say God the Father, God the Creator. Say that, Jamie. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, God the creator. uh, God in human flesh, the redeemer, is sitting next to God the creator while Mm -hmm. God the sustainer dwells among us. Hey, I love it. And uh, Jamie, do you have an adventure for us today? Yeah, girl. I mean, this is kind of uh, on a much smaller level resurrection related. As you all know, I have been doing this whole weave look. Some of you all have seen it on my Instagram. But I am very proud of myself because I decided, and you all heard about this on the podcast about 10 or 11 months ago, that I was not going to be doing any kind of relaxer. I was just going to let my natural hair live and grow and breathe and do its thing. And I'm just doing the weave as a protective style, y'all, because... I cannot be trusted. I will. Portia knows this. Portia has known me for a while. I will be putting heat in my hair. I will be doing all the things that no one needs to do to keep their natural hair healthy and beautiful. So I, you know, because I can't be trusted, I just like do a little weave. You know, I'm always working out. I'm always like sweating and all that. So it just makes life better for me just to put the weave in, let my natural hair live its best life and keep it moving. So y'all, I was at the hairstylist and of course we were, you know, taking out my last weave 
And y'all, my hair has grown so much. It's beautiful. It's healthy. We were able to trim the ends. So I now no longer have any relaxer in my hair. It's all just me, all natural. I love it. I can't wait until I'm kind of at a point where I'm able to like wear it a little bit. I'm not going to wear it too much because like I said, I can't be trusted. But it just feels good to make that investment in myself because as I continue to grow in my Black feminist, womanist consciousness, one thing that I really want to do is love on myself as I naturally am. That's part of the reason why I've been trying to like eat a healthier diet, been trying to, you know, really be serious about moving my body every single day, um, you know, protecting my nails, wearing more natural products and using more vegan products, you know, on my body and in my body. And that last step was really just to like, let my hair live its best life. And so you know, I just want that to be encouragement to anyone who is encouragement to, you know, you know, no judgment for however people choose to, you know, diet or exercise or what you choose to put in your body or on your body. But just know that whatever choices you're making, it is always good to be you. It is always good to love yourself as you naturally are. It is always good to lean into the fullness of who you were created to be, whatever that means, whatever that means to you, whatever that looks like to you. I know that there are definitely challenges involved with that. Sometimes there's stigma about that, but just be you. You are enough. You are wonderful. You are beautiful, just exactly as God created you. So that is my adventure for today. Love you, create you, how you be, how you do, all of that. I like it, Jamie. I like it. Shout out to your natural hair, girl. Loving it out here, you know, all that good stuff. And protecting hair is actually really important. So shouts out to all the natural girls out there. And if you're not natural, guess what? That's fine, too. You know, we love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. So in this post-resurrection walk, you know, not quite Pentecost, um, all that, but you know, we're relishing in the resurrection and the good news. Jamie, I am super excited about this episode <laughs> because this episode kind of spawned out of a conversation. Um, if you listen to this show frequently, of course you do because you're not petty, right? You're totally listening to our shows. If you remember back here on an episode back in February that we had with Pastors Wilkes, Team Wilkes, where we talked about uh, Black love and just their church and all that good stuff, refer back to that episode you know, shout out to the Wilkes. We uh, actually had a little bit of a moment where we talked about, you know, what Jesus did not die for. So um, today we're going to just kind of be like a little semi-petty, you know, and just calling out some things of what Jesus didn't die for, because there's a lot of uh, ratchicity happening in the world. Yes, I said it, ratchicity. I have a new word I'm introducing onto the show. I feel like I'm just uh, inventing words, uh, Jamie, you know, remember, um, I, I used the word hallmarky on the last episode. And so now uh, maybe these are like Porsche phrases. So now it's ratchicity. So a lot of ratchicity within the churches. Um, and we're just going to say what Christ did not die for. What he did not resurrect. Yeah, I think the term Porsche that we're looking for is portionalityisms. Ooh, portionalityisms. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. 
So um, we're just going to call out some stuff. So um, so here's an example. Feel free to engage us in conversation. Um, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, let us know. Engage us, y'all. Email us, whatever your thoughts, all this good stuff about some things that you know Jesus did not die for or things in the church or within the world that we know that uh, are not what we're not created for. Right. So like things that are like ill humane, um, you can also um, mention that, too. So join us in the conversation. So here's an example. I'll go first. OK, Jesus Christ, the risen savior of all of the world. Right. Did not die. For the patriarchy, hashtag case in point. Jesus Christ did not die for the patriarchy. So all the patriarchal stuff that be going down in church, which I'm sure we will call out all throughout the episode, Jesus didn't die for that. As I read on today, if you read it clearly enough along with me, you would have noticed that there were women at the tomb who proclaimed that Jesus was risen. This is not the first time you've heard the pearl say this. Actually, this might be the third time we're saying this because this is our third season, three times a charm, y'all. We all know that women were the ones to declare that Jesus has risen. We know that they are the ones who went and run and told the good news that they are the first preacher, evangelists, and prophets uh, well, uh, in, these mo- in this moment, right, at the birth of the church. We understand that it was the women. So Jesus did not die for the patriarchy. That's what I have to say on this afternoon, morning, night, whatever time you're listening. Jamie, what do you got? Let me tell y'all what Jesus did not die for. Jesus did not die for us to call ourselves Christians, people of faith, followers of the way, however we are describing ourselves, and yet not have a Christian praxis in the world. And here's what I mean by that. If we are baptized, born again, saved, redeemed, sanctified, set free. You know, one of the things that I've been saying about Christians lately is, you know, Christians like to use Christianity as cop-out. You know what I'm saying? There are some other faith traditions, and we'll just focus on the monotheistic faiths for right now, Islam, Judaism. The Orthodox Muslim folks, the Orthodox Jewish folks, You know, they have to do a lot in order to be considered to be orthodox. And, you know, for Christians, sometimes it feels like, you know, we go to church, we get happy, we praise the Lord. But there is not too much more than that that we are doing to really commit to what it means to be a Christian. And what I mean by that is that Jesus taught his disciples. One of the last lessons that Jesus imparts upon his disciples is love one another. Feed my sheep, take care of my sheep, take care of each other. They will know that you are my followers, my friends, my people by your love for one another. So one thing that Jesus did not die for is for us to call ourselves followers of him and then to turn around the next minute after we just got happy in church and to be disrespectful to one of his sheep. And by one of his sheep, I mean any of them, literally any of them. And then we want to say, God knows my heart. Well, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, God knows that your heart is nasty. (laughs) It is so important that if we are going to be followers of Christ, if that's something that we're going to say about ourselves, that we try to treat each other with dignity and respect, that we treat each other with compassion, that we treat each other with love, because that is the only way 
that others can be sure that we are truly committed to walking that walk and to following Jesus Christ. What else do you have, Portia? Well, at a base level, right? Jesus, the Christ, did not die. He ain't died for this, y'all. For us to be comparative of what is sin and what is not sin. Jesus did not die for us to cherry pick what is considered to be sin. First and foremost, Christ loves everybody. All right. So if we're not clear on that, and if we're not clear that Christ died for the sins of all humanity, or at least bare minimum, die that we all can have access to eternal life. I don't know who thinks they hold the authority to constitute what is now sinful and what is not. But you know what is sinful? It is sinful to think that you can determine what is sinful. We do not have that right. We don't have the right to tell somebody that they are sinful because they are 16 and pregnant. Because clearly you just kicked Mary out of church. You just you just dismissed Jesus's one way ticket into humanity. As soon as you uh, call out young pregnant impregnated teenage young women, as soon as you did that, you just wrote Jesus off every single time that you decide that you want to call gambling, uh, going out for a drink or playing cards or dancing, if that is considered the things that will help you stumble and fall, then maybe that means that it's time to get back in relationship with oneself and with God, because that right there doesn't even make sense. So to call certain things sinful because it, uh, somehow is a gateway into Satan's uh, kingdom that has absolutely no power, then I don't know. You know, for some reason, I just think that we do a very poor job of, of, of having conversations around doctrines of sin. And so now I just felt like I put my seminary hat on. Right. We have very weak conversations around sin. We have very weak conversations around what it means to be redeemed, what it means to be saved, who is clean, who is pure, who is unclean, all those things. Right. And so we need to reevaluate some doctrines. We have been indoctrinated to believe things out of context and have used scripture to therefore oppress other people of what is considered to be sinful. And so we need to go back to the drawing board and understanding that love, being in love with ourselves and love with Christ and love with the people and love with one another and commitment. When we decide that we betray that, that is what becomes sinful. Not necessarily uh, the things that you want to do on a Saturday night before you walk into church. Oh, how dare you? call someone sinful because they appear that they might have been in the club on a Saturday night. So what? Mind your business. Let me tell you something that Jesus did not die for. Jesus did not die for us not to believe women. And here's what I mean by that. The first witnesses to Jesus's resurrected body are women. The women have to run and tell the men that Jesus is alive. 
Jesus had a special, profound, deeply intimate relationship with women during his Christian ministry. Women were some of Jesus's primary donators. They were some of the primary people that Jesus um, taught. And also that I would even venture to say that Jesus learned from. There are, you know, there is notably that instance that we have talked about here on the podcast where Jesus tells a woman that because she is not one of the children of Israel, that he will not take care of her and her child. She has to turn that right back around on him and teach him to expand his notion of who he believes that he is there to save and to aid and to support. And so Jesus did not die for when a woman comes and speaks her truth, whether it's that she is called to ministry, whether it's that she's having visions of a new world, whether it is that she has been harmed, violated, disrespected in some way. Jesus did not die so that we would not profoundly believe the voices of women. And I'm saying this both to people who are female identified and to people who are not. Sometimes as women, we struggle to believe the voices of our sisters. And sometimes that's because of exactly what Portia says, because we have disqualified them because of some so-called sin that we believe they have committed. Well, you know what? That is not our business to determine someone else's life choices and whether they are sinful or not. All we know is that we have to believe what women are saying to us. Jesus died so that not only men could be saved, but also so that women could be saved. And Jesus died and and Jesus's resurrection itself was a sign that women are called. Women are called to run and tell the good news. Women are called to go and sin no more. Women are called to be redeemed and saved and set free and sanctified in the same way that sinful men um, are called to be redeemed, um, saved, to preach the gospel. We are all called to do the work. And so Jesus did not die for us not to believe women, especially when women um, have so profoundly told the good news throughout the Christian story. You know what else, Jamie? Jesus also did not die for foreign relations and poor war. Jesus did not die for that at all. Now, granted, we know in American U.S. history and throughout histories of other nations, we have seen domestic wars. But I'm not necessarily talking about domestic war, but even though domestic war is also not okay, put attack in it. Foreign relations and foreign war, all of the things that we see with the world warring against country to country, brother against brother, sister against sister, and across our world, Jesus did not die for this division and this separating and calling a calling a part of nation to nation. We see quite clearly at our own southern border, children who have been gassed and detained and taken away from their families. We have seen this cry, this very immature childlike cry for a wall that Senator Kamala Harris said 
that folks are digging tunnels underneath the wall anyway. (laughs) There is no need to try to separate people because somehow you think that people from another nation are somehow going to harm those who are domestic and those who are native. How dare we think that in the name of Jesus, it is okay to declare war on another nation because they do not necessarily read or or orient themselves to the sacred text that we proclaim that is sacred the same way. How dare we treat foreign people or people who are native to their land and think that we can just move in and gentrify and take over and to steal and to colonize? Since when did colonizing bodies become okay? And so the foundation of this nation and many others have been due to the fact that somebody was greedy for money somewhere, that somebody did not like how the biblical text was justified, and all of a sudden had a humdinger idea that it would be okay to colonize, oppress, and suppress people. Jesus did not die for you to think that it is okay to do that. From the Civil War in America over the colonization and enslavement of black bodies, which is what it really came down to, which is also about money, to the Atlantic slave trade, to even the Israeli-Palestinian war, to even World War II and World War I, to the Vietnam War, to the Cold War, Many wars have been justified in foreign relations because of religious indifferences and differences, as well as money. Jesus did not die for that. Y'all, Jesus did not die for us to live with visions of scarcity. So many of us live in fear. Fear that we will not have enough, that if someone else takes something that we have decided belongs to us for whatever reason, that there will not be enough for us. And Jesus died for us to trust in God to do the miraculous. Jesus died that we would care for each other, even when it means doing something that might be sacrificial for us. Jesus died for us to be compassionate, for us to live lives of extravagant generosity, for us to embrace what it means to just give and serve and help and love in ways that stretch us so far, so much further than we even knew that we could stretch. And so Jesus didn't die for us to believe that we didn't have enough, to believe that we would run out, to believe that someone else having something meant that we would have nothing. Jesus died for us to be people of compassion who share and who care about others and who are always willing to lend an open hand. You know what Jesus did die for? I think, this is my theory. 
I think Jesus absolutely died for the children. You know why? Because grown folks just couldn't get it right. So I believe that Jesus died for the little people, for those who have yet to be born, who will have an opportunity to get it right, even when adults don't. Even when children grow up to be a little bit better than what was given to them, when they have the opportunity to be open and willing to learn from those who have realized what Jesus didn't die for and want to impart the wisdom to the next generation, I do believe that Jesus cares about them. I've said it multiple times how I love and care and advocate for children. Jesus absolutely died for them, but did not die for how the adults choose to treat children or how adults choose to misuse and abuse children with child labor laws and child slavery and with child uh, abuse. Children were not born to be abused and Jesus Christ absolutely loves on them and grants protection for and toward them even when adults try to hinder them out of their own greatness. And so be very careful of how we plant dead seeds into our own children because we have no idea how that's going to take root in their lives. So Jesus did not die for crazy grown people who just can't seem to treat children right, but absolutely died that the children might have an opportunity and access to full life. Well, you know, I do believe that Jesus died that we might have life and have it more abundantly, that we might have joy and have joy more abundantly, that we might be people who are just filled with the joy of the Lord, just overflowing with the joy that comes from knowing Jesus, with being filled with the Holy Spirit, with being on fire to do a new thing. And I believe that this is something that is so often missing in our lives, that we get so bogged down in the day-to-day challenges of life and in some of the ongoing violence, that portion I've already discussed on this episode, that sometimes we forget about the joy. We forget about the joy that just comes with knowing that we can rest in God, that there is enough and that there is just so much joy, that there is so much room for rejoicing, that there is just so much room for laughter. There's so much room for enthusiasm, that there's so much room for just being on fire. And sometimes we like to stamp out that joy. We see someone who's happy. We we might think, oh, they must just not watch the news. They must not know what's going on. But you know, I really believe that Jesus died. And most importantly, Jesus got up to teach us that even with death, there is still hope. There is still hope of new life. There is still hope that God is doing a new thing, that death is not the end, that death means that something even greater is coming, that new life is coming. And so in this season of Easter, remember that you can have joy that you can know that even in your hard times, that new life is coming, that joy comes in the morning and the morning might not literally be tomorrow. It might not even be next week, but your joy is coming and just choose to remember that. Portia, anything else that you want to share with the folks? Nah, before Jamie, we, uh, I just want the wrap folks things up to today? know that Jesus died because he loves everybody, all of us, but that love is, 
is received once we are open to believing that his resurrection is true. And we walk in that. Amen. Well, amen. All right, Pearl. So this has been a slightly different episode, but as Portia said, please hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram. Facebook is still around. Y'all can hit us up over there too. And just let us know how this resurrection season is going for you. Let us know what new thing God is doing in your life. And let's just say that you are going through a time of struggle right now. That's okay too. And we want to be able to hold you in prayer and pray you through whatever wilderness experience it is that you are having right now. Because we believe that God is a God who is still in the miracle working business and who is doing a new thing in each and every one of us. So be sure to check us out. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can also email us, adventures at justtwopearls.com. We love hearing from you. We respond. We are always excited to be able to connect with you. And so I guess we will be seeing you all in May. Enjoy the rest of your Easter season. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.